does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. You're listening to the best of Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Did you not know my Joseph Adai chant, Jake? I will say that I was as familiar with that as I was the Welcome to Our Cemetery chant, which apparently is a somewhat normal uh, softball chant, but I was unfamiliar with it. Matthew said that uh, I did the chant with you, Kevin. The Adai chant is well known. A-D-D-A-I. Adai, Adai, Adai. And when was this chanted? Certainly his rookie year. He was tremendous. Like, I mean, just like... Like at the stadium or in the press box by you or what? Section 627. Okay. After a big run by Joseph Adai. Very unique running style, Joseph Adai. He was a good player. How would you call that? Was he like a glider? Was he hopping around? I just... Now, this question I'm about to ask will both show my age and also I will accept no answer but the right answer. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> Who was the smoothest to watch runner in Colts running back history? There is n- there is no answer but one. It is indisputable, and I will fight over this. Boy, you were fighting Scotty over hockey last segment. Now you're fighting. Uh, was it Dickerson? Yes. Scotty has to agree with me, right? I mean, Eric Dickerson at full stride was literally a gazelle. He was so smooth. Yeah, I felt that way about watching Adrian Peterson. I'm not saying that I was a bratty kid, but when Eric Dickerson became a Colt, I ran into him at Castleton Square Mall in Aladdin's Castle, by the way, and walked up and said, Mr. Dickerson, can I have your autograph? And he said, it's not me. And I said, well, then you're clearly Eric Dickerson because otherwise you would say, I'm not him. And he looked at me and was like, oh, man. <laughs> he got me on that. Still didn't sign the autograph. But. That is so you right there. <laughs> well. So you. Um, all right, let's head to the Payless Lickers Hotline. You've heard them all with us before here, especially leading into the draft, and was outstanding on the ESPN coverage of the draft in Kansas City, which I believe he has some ties to, if I'm not mistaken as well. He is Matt Miller. Matt, great work, man. I know this is probably the last thing you want to be doing in the week after the draft, so we appreciate that. But great, great stuff all all month long, and especially last week. No, I appreciate it. This is actually what I like to do after the draft. It's great to like hop on with you guys and, and even, you know, other cities and, and digest it. You know, I, I think we spend a year evaluating these prospects and then the draft in Saturday night and it's like, Oh, okay, well we just go back into our cave and start watching next year's play. So it's actually a lot of fun to, to be able to take that that, you know, information we gained over the last year and now apply it to a scheme fit and a you know depth chart. So I uh, truly appreciate you guys having me on to do this. Well, thank you. Uh, athletes galore here in the dozen picks of Chris Ballard. Your thoughts on Anthony Richardson and the group that followed? Yeah, like I just said, this is why this is so important to come back on because we evaluate these guys in a, in a vacuum. 
and then you get to see the scheme they land in, the depth chart, the weapons around them at quarterback, and it can change your evaluation to some degree. And I've been saying this for years. Of I want to be able to go back after quarterbacks are drafted and say, hey, here's how things look now. That We're not evaluating them for a generic team, basically. I absolutely love Anthony Richardson to this team. I love the fit with Shane Steichen, who a lot of people say, oh, well, Shane was with, you know, the Eagles, that's true, but he was also with the Chargers. And, you know, what they did with Justin Herbert, getting him on the field early and unexpectedly, if you'll remember right, you know, with, with yeah. Tyrod Taylor suffering the injury. So that I, I see it as like, gosh, this is such a good opportunity for Anthony to play right away. And a lot of, a lot of folks, and I was one of them early on in the process, and ah, he's got to sit and learn. He's got to sit and learn. I don't think so. I think you've got to get him on the field right now. Let's lock in those changes and improvements that he's made to his footwork. Let's, I think the best way to learn how to play football is to play football. So with what the Colts have, Bernard Raymond was taking steps at left tackle last year. You're going to have a healthy Quentin Nelson, a healthy Jonathan Taylor. you got some big old wide receivers out there and Pittman Jr. and Pierce. I say get him out there. Let him play. Let him learn. And and. Whether you want to call it the Josh Allen plan or the Jalen Hurts plan or the Justin Fields plan, call it whatever you want. But there's examples of dynamic athletes having success early and developing on the fly instead of sitting in a film room for a year trying to trying to learn. You know, Matt, you you, you might have kind of answered this, and feel free to say, "Hey, man, I just answered that," and uh, <laughs> a little bit of this that answer. But I have always felt that with young quarterbacks, you you have a window. You have a window to start getting them some footing, and if with and I don't know how long that window is. Maybe it's different quarterback to quarterback, but with some quarterbacks, you reach a point of no return. If it hasn't taken off, it hasn't clicked. If you haven't protected them, they just get a PTSD. You can't come back from. Yeah. Do, do you feel that Indianapolis does have the pieces in place to avoid that for Anthony Richardson? I do. I do because you have coaches who know how to develop quarterbacks. And to like to your point, I look at someone like Mitch Trubisky. You know, you get drafted in Chicago. There's still debate to this day on if John Fox actually wanted him or not, or if Ryan Pace just made the pick. So you, you kind of get drafted to a spot where like, man, maybe they, maybe they, the building was split. You don't have you know those those ideal quarterback developers, and then you kind of get bounced around, and then before you know it, you're a backup. You know, you're just. You can't you can't ever regain some of that time that was lost. So I look at Indy and the staff that is built there, and say, yeah, they can they can develop a quarterback, and that they've kind of built this staff with that in mind. Um, but also that there are weapons to where you know, like I said, Justin Fields last year in Chicago, Justin Fields had very very little around him, so he had to go out there and play Superman at times, and we saw it with the rushing ability, not so much with the passing, which is the opposite of what he was at Ohio State. So I think with Anthony, not only is it Shane Steichen, it's having you know a Jim Bob Cooter, it's having Cameron Turner, having Reggie Wayne as a wide receivers coach, you know, just in his ability to say, hey, here's how my wide receivers can help a young quarterback. I think that's all invaluable. So uh, and obviously, you know, Peyton's going to be around the building. I, I would imagine and, and be able to offer some advice to, you know, how to how to navigate being flawless in college to a rough rookie season and the mental aspects that come with that. So I do think this is a good spot for Richardson. I can remember Sam when the year Mahomes was drafted and he went to Kansas City is when I kind of started the – I'd like to be able to, to talk about him differently now that we know where he's going because 
if he had been drafted by you know a team like the Browns at that point, I, I think he would have been ultimately good, but probably not the player that we see right now. Or not, he would have won an MVP in his second year. So sometimes that situation and the ecosystem that you're being dropped into as a player matters just so so much for your development. Matt Miller's our guest. He's on the Payless Zickers Hotline. Matt, I'm going to read off to you just because I don't necessarily expect you or our listeners to have it right in front of them. Quickly, I'm going to read off the Colts draft class, okay? Anthony Richardson, obviously, we talked about that. Julius um, Julius Brents, Josh Downs, Blake Freeland. Uh, give me the name of the kid from Northwestern, oh, Kevin. Oh, boy. Ade, Tamawa Adabare. Okay, Darius Rush, Daniel Scott, Will Mallory, Evan Hole, Titus Leo, Jalen Jones, Jake Wilk. Or, or Jake Witt, excuse me. Of that list, give me the first one that when their name was called, you went, whoa, Indianapolis is starting to take some flyers here. Uh, f- uh, flyers? Ooh. If any. I mean, were there None. any that you thought, None. okay, that's a stretch? No. no, not at all. I loved Julius Brent. Loved. Uh, he, his senior bowl week like won me over uh the one game of his i tried to watch like really watch during the season he got ejected early it was a texas game so um senior bowl week i was like hey this dude can freaking play you know and and he's long he's physical and he's gonna dominate the line of scrimmage josh downs i had a second round grade on and he's one of the best slot receivers in this draft blake freeland i had a third round grade on the athleticism it tells me he can be a very good player uh adam tamiwa out of people were saying late first after the combine, when he ran a four four nine or whatever, you know, four five nine at two hundred eighty pounds, I think he's going to kick inside. That's going to help him a lot. So um, I, I didn't see any reaches at all. Um, in fact, I saw a lot of really good value. The player they drafted, Evan Hole from Northwestern, is the only player who was drafted ahead of where I had him graded. And he's a good player. He's a good athlete. Um, he's just, you know, he's a little bit undersized. I didn't particularly love his pass protection or his hands, but. We're talking about a, a late fifth round pick is the only one where I'm like, uh, oh, value was a little off. Yeah, Matt Miller's with us, ESPN.com, at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. Matt, all of a sudden, the AFC looks kind of fun. You know, I, I've joked before, I feel like, uh, excuse me, the AFC South, I should say, looks kind of fun. I've joked before, the AFC South should be the true TV uh, division of all the AFC divisions. That's where it belongs. But all of a sudden, you've got you know three rookie quarterbacks, maybe Trevor Lawrence. When you look at Tennessee and Houston specifically, Houston with Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud, Tennessee doing the Will Levis, uh, Peter Skaronsky draft duo, and then obviously what the Colts did. Of those three teams, Houston, Tennessee, and Indy, who do you like the best out of the draft? Uh, I like them all. I'll, I'll say that. I, I What Houston did was really intriguing. Um, I, I liked the first two picks a lot, obviously, right? Like you're getting two top five players. After that, like I thought they reached for Juice Scruggs. Tank Dell's like a fun little player, but little. Like you can't talk about Tank Dell and not say little. They also, their wide receiver room's really deep. So I liked better what Tennessee did. So I will say Indy and then probably Tennessee just because the way the Titans played the board was really, really smart. Um, you mentioned getting Skronsky in the first. I don't know where he's going to play yet, and that will probably shape to some degree how I view their draft. Getting Levis in round two is a really good value. No matter what you think of Will Levis, I was not his biggest fan. Um, that's still a great value. Uh, but the Titans, you know, were kind of light on picks after they made that trade up. So I think Tennessee – uh, that that's why I would knock them a little bit for the Colts. You mentioned it. I mean, giving Chris Ballard twelve picks is is 
a lot. He's a lot for someone who I know he's taken his lumps. I've delivered some of them on not being able to solve the quarterback problem long term. But outside of quarterback, he's been a very good drafter. And I, I think that this is the year where we'll see if, if he got it right at quarterback. I feel strongly that he got it right at a lot of these selections. You know, even guys like Darius Rush and Will Mallory can be very, very good players. Do you think Malik Willis is still in play in Tennessee? Is Will Levis just automatically going to be kind of given the opportunity to to take the reins eventually? Or is this maybe also to kind of push Willis and see what you've got? I get the sense that they're done with Malik Willis. Yeah, and that was not a – I mean, Matt, that was not a long window of opportunity. That I'm not saying that, that he deserves you – know, I, I don't know. I'm not down there. But right. you know what I mean? That's That kind of goes back to – it didn't take them long to make that decision. No, and I, I so I'm not I'm not breaking news. I'm, this is purely speculation on my part. But you know, a lot changes once you get a player in the building. Um, and they, you know, you Josh Rosen's the best example of this. I think where you draft a guy and you get him in the building and you go, oh wait, never mind. You know, I I remember hearing a story from someone who worked for the Chiefs, and I won't out the player, but they drafted a guy and they got him in rookie camp, and they, they're all like they're looking at each other like, oh, we messed up. You know, and it, it wasn't a first round pick, but it was a it was a mid round pick, and they looked around like, yeah, we we've messed up here. Um, and so, you know, sometimes guys look really good on tape, and you see them in February at the combine, and they look pretty good. But you can get them in your building in May and go, well, we wasted a pick there, we burnt that pick up. And I'm not saying that Malik Willis is that way, but one year later, you're already drafting another quarterback. You're trading up to draft another quarterback. There has been no mention of Malik Willis as the heir apparent to Ryan Tannehill. So I think it's a safe assumption that for whatever reason, whether it was play or performance, he has has been knocked down the ladder there. Matt, we'll end with this. And Matt Miller, ESPN, is with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Um, You made some, I think what you have even considered, some bold calls on this Colts draft class in that you think Anthony Richardson – uh, if it's not B. John Robinson, uh, will be the rookie of the year here offensively. And then you feel like in a handful of years, we're talking about the Colts as a Super Bowl type team. Uh, care to expand on the, either of those? Yeah, I mean, if things go right, and that was part of the, the exercise, was if if Richardson develops into what I think he can become. And again, we talked about how great the situation is there for him. This was a team not that long ago that was being talked about as a Super Bowl contending roster if the quarterback situation got right. So I still see it that way. This is a really good defense. We talked about how good the general manager is at finding players outside of round one, finding values, pulling off trades for guys like Defoe. So Richardson has an unlimited ceiling. I think that's the thing to remember here. There's no cap on how good he can be. He's size-wise an elite prospect, arm strength-wise elite prospect, speed and running ability elite prospect. Everything I've been told is he is a worker, he's intelligent, and he's humble. He knows he needs to get better. So I think you put all those things together and then give him the right people around him to help make him better, the sky's the limit. And it's, you know, three, four years if we're talking about, okay, like Mahomes is always going to be Mahomes, right? But if there's like, hey, it's Joe Burrow and it's Jalen Hurts and it's you know, Justin Herbert and it's Anthony Richardson, like, I'm not going to be shocked if he's in that conversation. Matt, have you ever been to – Matt Miller's our guest uh, in conclusion here. Indy or Ohio, I think they have been both. Have you ever been to Matt the Miller's restaurant or bar? I, I did it, text, uh, tweeted to me all the time. I've never been. Uh, I, need to, I need to make it happen. 
Um, but I do. People tweet me all the time, like, "Look, is this yours?" Like, no, I don't. I don't own a, a tavern in Ohio. Unfortunately. I, I'd be going uh, straight discount. Well, be, next uh, time you're here for the combine, it's about you know twenty minutes, thirty minutes north of downtown. Right. It's a good and spot, and you can hit one up. There we go. I, you would think maybe there's like a little discount, maybe like one free beer with the name. I don't know. Hell yes, I'll find yeah. that out, guys. And let you know. Needless to say, the beer would have to be draft. Oh, right. Uh, that was good. That yeah. was good. Matt, Thank welcome you. to my life for three hours every morning. <laughs> Matt, okay. great work, man. I appreciate you hopping on with us all draft season long. Uh, hopefully enjoy some quiet time coming up. Uh, next week will be very quiet, and I'll be bored and lonely and missing you guys. So thanks. <laughs>